bow your heads with me in a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, lead us. Lead us into your light. Lead us by your light that we might share your light with all the world. Teach us to follow and to use what you have given for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. What made the wise men wise? Um, It seems like a simple question, but uh, when you start to think about these guys, wise guys we might call them, think about this for just a moment. They journey from a distant land to the right country, but they don't know exactly where they're going. They do have the good sense to ask for directions, a lesson we can all learn from. They bring gifts for a baby of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Seems maybe not so wise. And they show up probably about two years late. So what made these wise men? Well, let me suggest four things today. And the first one is this. They were paying attention to a story that many had forgotten. I say that because... The Magi, as they are called in Matthew's Gospel, they aren't really called wise men. Uh, Magi is is a term that we have trouble figuring out how do we exactly translate this. So sometimes it's just left Magi. And then you say, oh, that's my my in-laws, the Maggies. Um, um, But uh, (laughs) no relation, I I don't think. Although Pat-Pat might tell you otherwise. Um, the, uh, The Magi... I don't think came from Estonia where magi would mean mountain. Um, Instead, they likely came from the other place in the scriptures where magi are mentioned. Because it's not the first mention of magi. There is an earlier story about uh, four Jewish boys in a distant land who become magi to the king. Their names are Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they are chosen out of all of the people in Babylon during the time that they are exiled there to become advisors, wise advisors for the king. And they are part of the Magi. Magi may mean star watchers, astrologers. They are those that pay attention to the movements of the heavens so that they can gain insight into what is going on in the world. Magi may mean magicians, those who do works that defy explanation. that mesmerize the people and tell us there is something more at work here. Regardless of where they come from, I want us to 
remember that in the Scripture, these things don't come up in the story just by accident. They are here for a purpose. God uses these these little snippets, these little details that magi came from the east to worship the king, the Messiah who was to be born. Why is it that the magi came, we might ask? Why not others? Well, because these magi had heard for centuries about a promise proclaimed also in a book by those first magi, Daniel. Daniel told at the end of his story of a king, of the fall of kingdoms, one after another after another, and then the rise of a new king from David's line who would reign and establish God's rule. When that king rose, he said his reign would last forever. Now if Daniel was part of the Magi, can we not assume that these Magi had been listening and hearing and paying attention to that story, that promise, throughout the centuries? So that while the rest of the world went about its business, these magi from distant lands noticed that God was doing something. That there was an indication in the skies that the world was about to change. And they saw it because they were paying attention. And they trusted the promise of the story enough to look for its fulfillment. Let me suggest that the first thing that makes the wise men wise is that they expected the fulfillment of God's promise. And let me also suggest that if we want to be wise, we do the same. We begin by paying attention to the story. And expecting that what it tells us will be fulfilled. Not just long ago. Not just for someone else. But it will be fulfilled for us. And we will see it. We will not only see it if we follow the example of these wise men. But let me suggest a second thing. I said there are four. Number two is that when the wise men saw the opportunity... For this to be fulfilled, they did not sit back and say, well, let's see. (laughs) Instead, what did they do? They made the journey. They started out. They left their land far away and made the trip. They said, we're going. We're going to be there. This is not something we're going to hear about from far away or wonder about or have somebody report back to us. We want to be part of it. 
And friends, if we want to be wise in God's story, we must do the same. We must expect the fulfillment of God's promises. And when there is that glimmer in the sky that God is about to do something, we should be eager to load the camels and go. To say, I'm going. Let me ask you, did they know where they were going? Roughly, but not really. Had they known where they were going, they would not have ended up in Herod's court in Jerusalem. They would have... It would have ended up in Bethlehem, which is where they eventually get to, but not because they knew. It's not their understanding that made them wise. It's their willingness to make the journey that makes them wise. It's their willingness to walk. It's their willingness to say, I don't know where this is going to lead, but I must be part of it. Dear friends, this is what we mean when we say we are about living the story. Do we know, do any of us know how this is going to turn out? Do we know where the destination that we are trying so desperately to get to uh, is? We don't know what it looks like. We know that it has been promised. We know that God is going to be there. We know that it is somewhere out there, but we aren't there yet. And we don't know how to get there, but we know the way, as Thomas said. We don't know how to get there. And Jesus says, but you do know the way. I am the way. You follow. Even when I don't know where I'm going, yes, you follow. You make the trip. What if it leads me someplace I wasn't expecting? Oh, just wait. It will. And when it does, be prepared. For something you did not expect. So number one. They paid attention and expected the fulfillment of the promise. Number two. When they saw the opportunity. They made the journey. They joined the journey. Number three. When their expectations of what they would find were not met. They still offered their gifts. I think it's pretty clear that bringing gold, frankincense, and myrrh by camel or whatever they rode, since Matthew doesn't really tell us, by bringing these gifts to a poor young family in an off-the-beaten-path village, who just had an infant and now has maybe a toddler, says they were not expecting what they would find. I think the fact that they show up at Herod's castle, Herod's palace, castle's probably not the right word, palace, tells us that they expected royalty. They expected Wealth. They expected abundance. They expected something big. I think they would have expected others to be there. I think they expected the world to be abuzz about what God was doing. 
about this time that they had noticed. I think they expected people to be paying attention like they were. I think they expected that when they showed up that they wouldn't be the only ones who did. I think they had all kinds of expectations, but as they show up with all of their expectations of that and they are pointed on their journey to this humble home in Bethlehem with a, with a two-year-old, they see that this is where God has led them by that star that started them on the journey. And they don't say, well, this isn't what I was looking for, so I guess we'll just go home. No, instead they say, this is where God has led us, and this is what we have. So we offer it to you. The star stopped over the house where the child was, and they entered, and they, they saw Mary and Joseph and the child, and they knelt down, and they worshipped, and they offered their gifts. I can imagine, can you imagine Mary and Joseph's surprise when they offered those gifts? <laughs> this wasn't on our uh, shower list. Um, could, you, could you possibly have checked the registry first, right? But no, they, it doesn't matter what they had. It matters that they had. And what they had, they offer. And in that, there is wisdom for us. How many times have you in your own life been led to a place you didn't expect to be? At a time you felt ill-prepared Ill for? And you look around and you say, oh, this is what I've got. And you probably feel like it's lacking, like it's not the right thing, like it's not the right stuff. Dear friends, believe and trust the promise and the journey that God has led you on and offer what you have because what you have is what God calls you to give to those that you meet on this journey that God leads you on. We say, if this is where God has placed me, then this is what I bring. And we hold nothing back. I give you what I have. And it makes all the difference. <coughs> There's a fourth one, because you'd think that the story would end there, right? That's the climax, right? They, they finally meet the king. They finally meet the promised Messiah. Strange though it might be, unexpected as it was, they, they got there and they worshipped. But that's not the end of the story because these wise men are wise because they do what? They continue to listen. They continue to listen as God even when God's voice points them in a way the world's voice does not. These wise men were given strict instructions by the leader of this region. When you find the child, come back to me, so that I may also worship him. Those are strict instructions given by the leader of the region to a people that don't have to follow them, but they went to him recognizing he was the authority in this region. They know his authority. They know his wishes. They know his commands. 
They know what they were asked to do. They know that Herod has authority to arrest them. Herod has authority to kill them. Herod is pretty good at both of those things. They know that not doing what Herod wants usually results in not good results for people who take this path. But they know this, and it's what makes them wise. They are not... Let me read it. They, they knew who to listen to and were not afraid to say no to earthly power. The earthly power says this is what you have to do. But they aren't afraid of that. They listen to the one who starts them on a journey. To see a promise fulfilled. To offer their gifts. And to continue to follow. What makes the wise men wise. Is what will also make us. Wise followers of Jesus. As we walk. Expectantly. as we follow even when we don't know where we're going. As we offer what we have. And as we listen to God, first, foremost, and above all other voices, you too can be magi and bring your gifts for the King. Because we're part of the story, and so are they.